You're listening to the Roaring Repeater Podcast on 7220sports.com. Here's Cody. Welcome into the Roaring Repeater Podcast here on 7220sports.com. I am your host, Cody Tucker, joined today in studio in beautiful downtown Cheyenne, Wyoming. Adam Waddell, former Cowboy basketball player, and Kyle Cedar. Fellas, how we doing today? Doing all right. I'm doing, doing good. Right. Yeah, good to see you. It's we're in the middle of basketball season and finally playing basketball. Games. Finally, yes. <laughs> After four games, it's been terrible. Well, before we get rolling, guys, I got a I got a little PSA here. Um, don't get gout. Do whatever you <laughs> That's can. That's what I've heard. Gout. Um, I've had a week from absolute <laughs> oh. hell. Uh, it is. I wouldn't wish this upon Brigham Young himself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is painful. That stuff. bad, huh? or Joseph Smith? This bad. That bad, huh? <laughs> this bad. Jeez. It's so bad. Yeah. So this week has been long. We meant to do this podcast last week. Uh, didn't happen because I couldn't get out of bed. I thought I had food poisoning, but uh, turns out I was poisoned on gout pills. <laughs> <laughs> so Ugh. yeah, do not get gout. I had it in the elbow all week, and it was absolutely miserable. So uh, long one. And uh, but good to be back and. Uh, I think also what added to the gout was the fact that I didn't have anything going on because there was no basketball and there was nothing to cover. And Wyoming played, what, five, four games in 40 days? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's been such an unbelievable layoff. I mean, it really has. And then the games they played in Hawaii, to be honest with you, I wasn't able to pay much attention because after the game, I got in the car and drove all the way back to Cheyenne that night because I had sources telling me, like we just talked about off the air, mm-hmm. that we were about to have some transfers hitting yeah. the portal. So I man. said, man, I got to get home because yep. all hell's about to break loose. So uh, did that. We will get into football. A lot of moving parts here. Somebody told Craig Bull that the NCAA transfer portal works both ways. <laughs> and he took that advice. Yes. Now he's doing it. And, man, it looks good. Looks good on paper. So mm-hmm. we'll get into that. But we got our basketball guy in the studio today. Definitely want to talk about basketball. Last night, Cowboys go into uh, Lawler Arena there in Reno. Come away with a 10-point win despite a, a dreadful shooting night from Hunter Maldonado. Uh, but you know what? The guy can have a dreadful night because he's dishing and he's pulling down rebounds. And he damn near has a triple-double last night. Mm-hmm. Even though he missed a sure dunk, missed a layup, missed two free throws, uh, the guy still scores 11. I think he was 11-11-8 last night. Uh, just, you know, that guy's a ball player for sure. And then, you know, I think Nevada did a really good job shutting down EK and Maldo in the first half. Drake Jeffries, they needed somebody to step up. That guy was Drake. Second half, they shut down Drake. That opened things up for EK. Yep. End of story. Yep. So Cowboys winning two in a row on the road in conference play. That doesn't happen very often. No. It really does. I mean, did it ever happen in your career, Adam? Well, <laughs> the time I was at Wyoming, it didn't start happening until Shiat kind of came around. And that was, in fact, we we hadn't won a road game in almost two years. Wow. So This is a really tough conference to win on the road. It, it really is. Even, I mean, even our bottom... Um, bottom of the conference teams they're not it's not easy to go into air force and get a win in in colorado springs but these guys have been able to they've been resilient and they we knew that they were a good team i think when they went on that early road swing early on in the year when they went to washington yep Mm -hmm. even though washington's not the top of the pac-12 
they're a Pac-12 school. Their coach makes more than Craig Bull does. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Oof. But then not only being able to play and win a close game that mm-hmm. was close at the end and they got they, they had everything that needed to happen towards the end happen, yep. got that win. Then they go down to Arizona and play Grand Canyon and – that looks like a hostile environment. Sure. They Tough have that program play. going oh, down yeah. there <clears throat> and 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 get a win. Two games. Same thing was this this road swing here. Yeah. After everything that's happened, yep. they went into Utah State, one of the craziest places to play, I think, in the Mountain West, comparable to San Diego State when they have their student section rocking. Their the students are ruthless at Utah State. That crowd is a good crowd. Right. And it got chippy towards the end, and it was yeah. a fun game to watch. It and I, it's going to be a fun game to watch when they come to Laramie. But so they play that game, and they come into an arena that was nothing like Utah State. There's hardly any fans. It's a Monday night, and they end up getting that win against Nevada. And like you said, I, I was watching the game last night with my wife, and after after Maldo missed that dunk, she said he hasn't been the same since. Yeah, and he wasn't. But you look at the stat sheet; he had 11 assists. Yeah, the, this team really is, in my opinion, a coach's dream because of the inside-out game. They Absolutely. they've got inside and they've got out, and these guys have done a great job with being able to take those double teams last night. That both Ek and Maldonado, they're trying to they're trying some different things where they're they're trying to double both of those guys and they're able to make smart decisions and not turn the ball over and enter drake jeffries and make them yeah. pay <laughs> yes which and opened up pay. Pay. yes really because then they had to focus their attention on drake because yep. he wouldn't miss a thing yeah then they stopped they kind of stopped double teaming ek yep. after that it, a little bit it is demoralizing as a team when you practice all week to try and take one thing away and you practice that one thing, and <laughs> the team makes you pay for it over and over and over again. And I think that's what we saw last night, and they started slowly to pull away in the end. And I, this is a fun team to watch. And I am. what's good about this team is that we've got Maldo and we've got EK, and they are the dudes. But it seems like we've had nights where other guys have had to step up, and that's – those are winning teams. Yeah. When your guys are not playing well, those guys step up and make the the plays that need to be made. And and another thing I see from this team is that they guard. Yeah. They yep. guard, and that is that's what's keeping them in these games. They're they're rebounding. They're playing well. Knock on wood. I hope we stay healthy throughout this conference season. I think that our schedule coming up is built to really really make a shine i think what were we picked preseason i can't that's not gonna happen (laughs) it isn't it's not gonna happen. that's what wicks told us too yeah no he said i don't know if we're gonna win this thing but we're not finished we're not yeah no way so i man it it has been exciting yeah and what i was a little nervous about was how we're gonna start how we're gonna start this conference season we had no idea yeah we were ready to watch that game against boise and that was going to be a really good measuring stick and i I do think that you know the couple games coming up will be the measuring stick but we had no idea and we kind of have a sense of the team that we've got because of how they've gone on the road and 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 been successful so well you talked about health they played last night without xavier ducell mm-hmm. and kenny foster yep those are two guys that are stalwarts in this lineup well i was nervous about ducell not playing because of how good nevada's Defense. guard play is yeah 
And I was like, that's our, that's Wyoming's guy. That he, they usually put him, you know, to oh, lock down. Absolutely. And and they still figured it out. And that's where Coach said it last night in this postgame, Noah Reynolds was unbelievable. Yep. And mm-hmm. Noah Reynolds didn't even pass COVID protocol, didn't go with the team to Logan, had to hop on the charter, the empty charter that was coming back to get the Cowboys to take them to Reno. So he's had one practice. He was in a 10-day quarantine. He had one practice and then went out there. Yeah, you know, um, what's his name? Slipped my mind there, Stud. Uh, Nevada Stud. Oh, uh, Sherfield. Sherfield. Yeah. Yeah. Sherfield still gets 20 last night, but it was a damn hard-earned 20. Oh, yeah. And he was 8 of 19 from the field. Yeah. And, you know, Drake Jeffries and his 20 points were huge in the first half. But he held Damon Cambridge or Desmond Cambridge to six points. Yep. That dude yeah. scores 17 a game. Huge. I wonder if... No, Reynolds is young enough where he wasn't even intimidated. He's nice. never been there. He's never played there. Well, he's just like coach said he's the most confident guy he's coached since Derek Marks at Which Boise is State. High praise. It is high praise. Yeah, and that's that is how you know you have a a good solid foundation because now he will feel confident enough to put him in there. Yep, he's gonna grow as a player. And you hope three, four years from now, he's your dude. Mm-hmm. You know, he is the guy. Yep. And that I liked how, I liked the play from him last night. I, I I thought it was awesome. This team doesn't have one senior on it, Adam. It's the future. After, <laughs> after all of the Christmas uh, down time that we had because of the football team, the yeah. basketball team has reinvigorated, I think, a little bit of a fire here. I yeah. think you're right. And – the one thing I, I see that could potentially hurt the team now is that now they have to reschedule these games and where they fit them in. Yeah. And if it is a fatigue thing, if it is, you know, depending on where they put them, because Boise, I think they can handle, you know, the the Fresno. I think they – what's hard is the, the games that were postponed are – you know, two of them are the top two teams. The top two teams. Yeah. So now, wherever they fit those guys, especially Boise, because we have to play Boise twice, wherever they fit San Diego State, it's going to be nice. Because and TV is going to want to fit yes. San Diego State. So that's where it's that's what worries me is that we're we're not playing a traditional conference schedule. We're playing kind of a condensed schedule now. But doesn't and that get you ready for tournament play? Most definitely. But you, you hope that your guys aren't. You know, you hope you're not worn out towards the end of the season. Yeah. And by They're the time young. conference comes around, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But, I mean, looking at the schedule, being able to get these two road wins, now we're set up at home for two games, which should be W's. Yeah. San Jose, New Mexico, and then we get our first big-time test. we got to go on the road to Boise, and we're going to see where we sit. And I'll be honest with you, I, I was—I know a lot of people were super excited about the Arizona game earlier in the year. Arizona is a legit. Yeah, they're Final Four team. Oh, yeah. absolutely. They yes. are good. Uh-huh. So I'll, as a coach and ho- all the players, throw that out. We have stood toe-to-toe with every team we've played this year, including two Pac-12 schools. Yeah. We should have had a win against Stanford. And yep. Stanford's not that bad. No. I've watched a couple of their games since. And no. They beat – who'd they beat? The other day, they beat someone really UCLA uh, or USC. Yep, USC, yep. fifth ranked team in the country. Yep. So our losses aren't bad losses. You want to talk about? I know last year these gyms were empty, right? I mean, I get that, but even going on the road, period, especially with a team. You're a brand new coach. You have a brand new team. By the way, they're doing all this without Marcus Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, 
they go on the road last year and they win, I believe, four conference games on the road. They've won a bunch on the road already this year. Here's a stat for you. Jeff Linder, 11-5 and five on the road at Wyoming. Crazy. That's amazing. That is a crazy stat. It really is. I mean, they just, even the best teams Wyoming's ever had, you go into the pit, brutal. Thomas and Mack, brutal. Vejas, well, Vejas wasn't brutal back in the day, but the last 20 years it has yep. been. Uh, so th- there's so many tough venues. It, it, Moby's a tough venue. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though there's 10 people there, it's it's tough. They're yeah, on top of you. No yeah. question. Same with Clune. You know, so a um, lot of tough venues in this league. This team has been a lot of fun. And, like, last night, uh, really impressed with, with Brendan Wenzel, who stepped in for his first ever college start. Mm-hmm. He played really well. The points aren't going to show how well he really played, but that dish to EK at the end was gigantic. Yep. Uh, that really was the dagger. And, uh, you know, what can you say about a guy like Hunter Thompson, who has not been – He's not been good this year. No. I mean, he just hasn't. He's been mm-hmm. wildly inconsistent. His minutes are definitely diminished. But he steps up and hits 10 huge points last night. Yep. Really no, big He hit threes when we needed him, and mm-hmm. he yeah. stepped up to the line and made a couple free throws when we needed him. Yeah. It's it's fun to watch. It really is. And I, and I, I know to go back to schedule just to – this is one thing I have to get off my chest, and I know probably the Mountain West probably doesn't listen to this, but do not schedule a CSU Wyoming game on any weekday. Yeah. Ever. Ever. What do we ever. Have Monday and Tuesday. Monday and Wednesday this Wednesday. year. Yeah. So they're Ridiculous. gonna they're gonna play us in Laramie on a Monday night. <laughs> on a in a school on a rivalry yeah. that is one of the probably the biggest in the conference. Yeah. And they're going to put it on a day where people can't travel to it. And Colorado State fans wouldn't travel on a Saturday. That, anyway. No, that's that's true. <laughs> but, that's true. But I know but what you mean. Well, it was different when it was Big Monday on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's that different. was different. Yes, because fans will travel for that. They know it's. But I just they've done that the past few years. Where they'll put one game on a Saturday and then the other is going to be on in the middle of the week. Put them both on a weekend and get people in those stands. That helps TV, in my opinion. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I had to get that off my chest. Well, and we bitch about Wyoming and CSU not being the last football game of the year Mm -hmm. every year. Yeah. So we also need Wyoming and CSU football games to mean a hell of a lot more than they've meant. Yes. Uh, Really haven't meant a lot since 1996, unfortunately. Uh, in the standing sense and in the conference title sense yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they mean everything, as we know. But yeah. yeah, that that would be nice to start. Because like you have a you have a really good point. And Troy Calhoun brought this up at Mountain West Media Days. They're talking about they were talking about getting rid of the divisions in the football on the football side of things. Mm-hmm. But he said no matter what we do, we have to preserve the border war and we have to preserve UNLV in Nevada. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are the big ones. And I was like, wow, to have an Air Force coach care about that? Yeah. Uh, it's good stuff. It is good stuff. And I even asked him, what about your game against CSU? You know, and I think Wyoming Air Force is one of the most underrated rivalries in the Mountain West in football, for mm-hmm. sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, nope. He said, as long as the border war, that one, we know how much that means to both of those teams. It's, <laughs> it is the only game. Now, they're doing well this year, but in the past, it's the only game for CSU in Moby that was that brought their crowd yeah like it that's their aggie orange game and they get up for it and it's a tough place to play any other game yeah. it is not like that do you remember when they had that well, they i think they still do that light up ram thing, oh yeah and yeah. it used to blow smoke out of its yeah. nose yeah. every time wyoming scored that thing would blow yeah. smoke. <laughs> <laughs> so many fans in the yeah stands. oh yeah yeah well 
so we talk, of course, this new day and age, and, and, you know, you brought it up off the air, and I don't think you mind me saying it because everybody says it. What about Graham E.K.? Mm-hmm. Because we're talking about the transfer portal and the NIL stuff and all that. We don't know about any of that with Graham E.K. But with you, it, what if you were a student athlete these days, Adam? I mean, what would you be looking for? I mean, it's – I think – I think it's situational and I think it's a different world. Me personally, I'm, you know, I was a fan before, got to play for him. Now I'm a fan after. So my situation, yes, I'm a native. My situation's a little different. Someone who has no ties to the school, what does it matter really? Mm -hmm. What does it matter to them if their situation could improve somewhere else or to get down to it if there's money involved and i i don't know anything i don't know if the guys from you know the the guys you left on the football team if they left you know to improve their situation or if there was any type of money involved i know that as we continue on with this nli nli stuff and it's going to be interesting to see what happens after march and everything's done with the season to see how this is going to affect the basketball not just wyoming but everyone yeah but I, I, I don't know. I don't think the loyalty is as big. However, I do think that if you have a solid foundation, if you have, um, you know, a guy who came from inner city or who didn't come up in a good situation, but yet he really, really, really trusts coach mm-hmm. and that coach got him out of a situation or he just, for whatever reason, he owes it to the head coach and – they'll stick around in my opinion yeah so here's something that bothers me and it probably shouldn't but i've asked safeties at wyoming like what does it mean to you to be a safety here with the windlings and the Prozinskis and the aaron kyles and you know wingert and Mm -hmm. the whole shebang you know what a what an unbelievable tradition of safety play they don't know who any of these dudes are Mm -hmm. should we be doing a better job of making the history matter and making them fall in love with the program and teaching them and having guys like yourself go back and talk to these cats that's crazy that they say that they don't their meeting room and the rack has all of the nfl dudes on the side you know current nfl guys the one thing i think that is debunked at wyoming has been debunked in wyoming in the past 10 years is you can come to wyoming and still get still get that exposure right josh allen and larry nance are both basketball and football perfect examples of that yeah Mm -hmm. and they both rode good teams now i understand if you're averaging 35 and you're still losing by 20 every night that's different but Mm -hmm. these were good teams these guys rode those teams they got exposure and went out but i mean I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't know how this is going to affect the overall part of it. It's it is situational, no question. I could probably list off a few guys on who didn't transfer away when I was playing. Who, if given the opportunity, without sitting out a whole year, probably would have. Oh God, you probably have some names that would break some hearts. Yeah, probably. <laughs> did, you, did you last time? Did you bring up was Dermody one of them that uh, you thought would have left, or did he transfer in? Uh, Derm was here before I got here. And then, um, you know, I don't know. I think Derm had a pretty good relationship. Well, yeah, Derm had close relationships with the guys, and I think that can also that go a long too. ways too. Totally, and that's I think, what I think is huge. I do too. 
I think that's huge, but it, uh, the the narrative that you even talked about is they come here for the coach. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't yeah. the other stuff rub off? Yeah. You know I, what I, I mean? I mean, that's true. Like the fans and the atmosphere and the, what Laramie, what Wyoming means to the state and Laramie. and that's, So I, <sighs> I, I think I talked about this last time. J.D. Luster, who's from San Diego, and I think he's on the now on the staff. I hope to see him if they ever get that um, game rescheduled. But he said it when – when we were seniors, when he first got to Wyoming, he hated it. He's from San Diego. Sure. It's Laramie. And that was his excuse for not liking it, was the cold and the small-town atmosphere and all of that. By the time he left, he loved Laramie. Right. Absolutely loved it. All those guys do. And they do come back. A lot of them do. So that's where I don't I don't think – if you can get guys there, I don't think the excuse of Laramie being so small is as big of a deal. What else do you need, I though? I mean, the the heat's on at the bar. The That's, heat's on at the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. The heat's on in the weight room yeah. mm-hmm. where you're playing your little video games and stuff. Yeah. What, 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 it, it's cold out. Don't go out. To me, if you're serious, if if look at um, – I know he had, uh, he had uh, c- connections. Um, Leonard Fournette. Yeah. yeah. Comes and yep. works out for a summer in Laramie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Laramie is a great place to come and work out for a pro guy because oh, there's no distractions. You literally altitude. high altitude mm-hmm. and you, you can just focus on your game and your craft and your job. Yeah. What a better opportunity for, and they are kids and I can't, I mean, I can't knock them. I was in a different mindset and different headspace at that age, but what a better place to go to perfect your craft not be – I mean, there are some distractions, but nowhere near what it would be, and I think, in a bigger city, no. more place where there's more money. I, I don't know. I, I do think that that once you get guys to Laramie, they do see the magic of it. But um, basketball specifically, there's only a handful of you guys. Yeah. So if you can make a tight – if you have a tight bond – I think that would be huge in basketball. It goes a long ways. Really it goes long a long ways. Because you're with each other all the time. All the time. And there's time. other, you know. In fact, you, almost to a fault. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> but you also got to talk about the elephant in the room. There's not a lot of black people in Wyoming, there period. Aren't. But you, there are on the basketball team, and yeah. you're with them, and there's people like you. You it know, because you hear that, too. Oh, yeah. There, there are still guys that I keep in contact with every once in a while, reach out to them, say hi. I know that I see my teammates interact with each other on social media. That's a good aspect of social media. These guys are able to stay in contact mm-hmm. with each other. But there, but going back to the transferring out in NLI, it would have been a lot worse, I think, especially during the hard years before Shiat, where they probably would have been a lot of guys transferring out, just whether they were unhappy or not. Me personally, I had a good situation, so I could I can't really speak to that, you yeah. know. So that that it's that's different for me. But well, we talked about the NLI thing, but maybe it's I hate to even use a name here, but say Graham, they're winning here, everything's good here. Um, you know, I know he's got the brown and gold deal. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure some more NIL deals are coming. I don't know what kind of money is going to be behind that or whatever. Uh, but maybe you're a guy who has an urge to play for Duke. You're a guy who has the urge to play at Kansas or that, Michigan State. That's where that that non-allegiance to the team and not maybe knowing what even Wyoming was when you were younger or whatever, if one of those teams comes a knocking. It's hard to say no. That's the problem, mm-hmm. though, guys, in this whole thing is 
That team shouldn't be allowed to come knocking. I agree. Who the hell's coming to knock? Oh, yeah. I know. That's well, that, where it needs it, to be stopped. It opened up a whole Wild West of, I mean, how how soon can – are there teams right now seeing that the, these guys are playing really good right now? Well, it's like a coach. Is there a coach reaching out right now to say, hey, yeah. let, here's my number. If anything happens at the end of the season, yeah. you just call me. Say, or, say the Cowboys roll this year and get into the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. Jeff Lender going to be here next year? That's he so might that's not. Also, be. He takes a, all these. That's guys, also right? a good point too, because you have you have coaches who have kind of done this their whole career. Yeah, it's always to get to the next best spot. So now that these kids are doing it for their own personal interest, yeah. we see it differently. Yeah, I know. Which is a weird conundrum to think it about, is. but it is the truth. And I mean, Wyoming fans are already scared to it, death of every coach leaving. <laughs> yes. Yes. And now they're scared to death of every player leaving. <laughs> but we've talked about this. It's a good thing when coaches leave. We haven't had a coach leave basketball or football since what? The we late 90s? A, yeah, we haven't. Dana Dimmel was the last football coach to yeah. leave. Yeah, That's, McLean didn't leave. You know, and we've talked Troyer about that. didn't and leave. Nothing against Craig Bull, but we're just speaking out loud here. Maybe it's not a good thing to have a head coach at Wyoming for nine years. I know. And yeah. Lloyd Eaton's the only one who did it. And if it wasn't for the Black 14, he might have been here for 100 years. Yeah. But guess what? They went to the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's a big damn difference. You almost hope that, at least in basketball terms, like one of, one of the assistants – Gets hired as the head coach, like a Sundance Wicks or something, mm-hmm. which was that has lo- yeah it was under Bob Devaney yeah and that has loyalty to Wyoming has a little more interest in staying mm-hmm. longer and building a when we solid talk about resume. Sundance Wicks, I mean he's perfect, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd imagine that guy could recruit with the best of them. Oh yeah, and I have heard from sources that Jeff's a tough guy. I mean, he can be a tough coach, but Sonny is the guy who. The players' coach is such a good oh, yeah. dude that uh, the he's, players. Yeah. Love he's good cop. Yeah, <laughs> he's good cop. Yeah. He's good cop. But nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's a good guy, and he's from here. And you'd like to think that maybe that'd be a natural transition. Yeah. And here we are getting ahead of ourselves. Wyoming's thirteen and yeah. two, and we already <laughs> pushed Jeff Linder out the door. Sonny, do you want the job or what? Yeah. <laughs> Here's your official offer. <laughs> It's weird, man. It's just it's weird, and and it's honestly it's a perfect segue into what's going on on the football field. Uh, you know, the sky was falling uh, less than twenty four hours. You know, I definitely had heard from sources literally fifteen minutes after the bowl victory in Boise that Levi Williams and Isaiah Nair had both informed the university that they they told compliance right out of the locker room before they even got on the plane and i don't even think those two i don't even know if they even flew on the plane home with the team but that they were already in the portal um that uh, that opened the floodgates as we saw the cowboys lost 10 players to the portal um and i've and we talked about it off the air i've asked craig bull till i've been blue in the face about the transfer portal and he hates the transfer portal and says everything but he hates the transfer portal and that he's not going to build his program through it. Uh, Tom Berman was on radio uh, recently saying that he had to have a sit-down with Craig and tell him the transfer portal is a must, and Mm -hmm. it is a must. The door swings both ways, Mm -hmm. so it's been really good to see. The Cowboys have officially inked, what, one, two, three, four, five guys through the transfer portal so far. That's Evan Svoboda, quarterback out of Snow College, Andrew Peasley, quarterback out of Utah State. T.J. Urban, uh, safety convert, who played uh, quarterback at the Air Force Prep School. Ja'Cory Hawkins, cornerback out of Ole Miss. Cole DeMarco or DeMarzo, linebacker out of Michigan State. And I am hearing that the cornerback who is 
committed but has not made it public for some reason is Darren Harrell, cornerback out of Wisconsin, who is originally from Denver East High School. So if that is indeed true, that is six guys that Coach Bull has brought in. Lost ten, brought in six. And I think that's a really nice trade-off because some of the ten guys, I believe three of the ten three of the ten were, were seniors. So they're grad transfers. They only have one year left. So, you know, it's pretty much a trade at this point. Yeah. But are these guys going to be better than the guys Wyoming lost? You know, Wyoming lost quarter. You know, we can go down that list, too. C.J. Colden, Sean Chambers, Azizi Hearn, Levi Williams, Rome Weber, Xavion Volliday, uh, Isaiah Nair, Cam Murray, Keon Blankenbaker, and Vic Jones are all elsewhere now. Uh, we did see this week C.J. Colden signed with Oklahoma. Azizi Hearn is now at UCLA. Um Xavier Voladay, of course, Arizona State. Isaiah Nair, weird, something weird going on with Isaiah Nair. Uh, he committed to Tennessee, but he was reported as being seen on Ole Miss's campus. Also, uh, somebody posted that he is planning on making the trip to USC still, even though he's committed. So he must not have signed on the dotted line. <laughs> I would assume. And when I think of Isaiah Nair and all the offers he got, you're going to Tennessee? Yeah. I mean, I Ole Miss is going to throw it all over the yard. You could be the next DK Metcalf. Yeah. USC is going to throw it all Everywhere. over the joint. Yeah. You look at what Lincoln Riley has done with his quarterbacks and wide receivers, they might all be in the NFL from the last four years. And you're from Texas, and the Longhorns want you to. That, too. too. Mm-hmm. That, too. Yep. Man. Yeah, maybe, maybe he found that he committed a little too early yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is special. He's he is. really good. Really good. Um Cam Murray, of course, going to Northern Colorado. Uh, Vic Jones going to Akron. I believe Keon Blankenbaker is the only guy. <laughs> we, oddly enough, he was the first to join the transfer portal, and uh, I believe he still is looking for a new home. But guys, um, you know, obviously quarterbacks the most important position. Kyle, you've looked into these quarterbacks a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about this swap? The Cowboys lose Sean Chambers to Montana State. Levi Williams, of course, to Mountain Division rival Utah State, but they bring in Andrew Peasley from Utah State and bring in Evan Svoboda, plus a true freshman coming in, Caden Becker out of Nebraska. Uh, what do you, what are your overall thoughts, I guess, on on the quarterback situation? I mean, Svoboda, we don't have a large sample size yeah. from his college days at Snow. Um, Twelve but, passes, I believe. Yeah, completed like half of them. Yeah, but his, I mean, what I do like from him is that he. Wyoming was recruiting him hard when he was in high school, and he he's all about Wyoming from what he said. Yeah. Did you interview him? Yeah. 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 I mean, those quotes from when when you interviewed him. I mean, sounds like he's really excited about it. It's it's weird how we're kind of starting to see you know four or five years after Josh has left, these kids were like freshmen in high school. Yeah. So they kind of when you're that age, you kind of get like your favorite quarterback, your favorite players. You know, it would it would have been. Something like I'm trying to think of quarterbacks when I was middle school and stuff, but you know you kind of you start watching those schools yeah. even after they leave, mm-hmm. and so we're kind of seeing that come around now, and that's kind of what he said. Mm-hmm. Like I liked like Josh when he was at Wyoming. I've kind of watched Wyoming football since, and <clears> now <throat> he's taking the road Josh took by going to JUCO for one year. And, exactly, and, and he's a big dude and same size pretty much. Yeah. Sounds like he's got some mobility, mm-hmm. and uh, so I like that part. And then Peasley's sample size at Utah State, <clears throat> I mean, he was, I think his only start, or at least his first start, he was Mountain West Conference Player of the Week. Um, 
rushed for what 65 yards or had a 118 118 had a 65 yeah. yard run mm-hmm. 14 um, to 21 239 yards and three touchdowns and a 41 27 so he's dual threat which mm-hmm. fits, fits yeah. our system yeah so i like that i mean have you guys taken a look at either, either one of them i I, I really like peasley I I, too. Uh, you know and i i like svoboda from a what we know standpoint yeah, right you know we don't know much yeah. i did talk to his former high school coach and he said he's a guy who does all the right things he's got all the tools he can throw in a country mile he didn't start till his senior year i thought that was a little scary yeah, at first yeah. to be honest with you yeah but after talking to his coach he said hey i've been the head coach here for eight years this year is the first year we've ever started somebody who's a junior so the guy ahead of him actually ended up at Air Force. So, gotcha. I mean, they've had a lot of D1 guys go through that program, Red Mountain High School in Arizona. So uh, that kind of lessened the worry, I guess, mm-hmm. of something like that. Because, you know, we talk about it all the time with Ryan Clement, uh, you know, of course, former Miami quarterback. Wyoming keeps recruiting these guys that look the same mm-hmm. and have the same build, but then they don't run a offense conducive to yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, they they it was almost like josh was a one-off yeah mm-hmm. or he imp- or he improvised more than <laughs> right. he should yeah. have oh, but totally. yeah it's it's like they didn't give them the opportunity to to improvise they either called the design run for them yeah. and they weren't able to do it because the other team knows it's coming or <laughs> there's 11 and a half yeah, guys it, in the box yeah <laughs> or you know yeah it, it almost as if they haven't given them the opportunity to to do what Josh did, right? But or maybe Josh was just that he just good. Said, Screw it, I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. gonna take it upon myself. Yeah. Well, we talked about you know we've already talked a little bit about Nair, but when I went through his stats, because I think you're probably with us here, Adam, that it, he should have had double the, oh, yeah. the number, double the targets at just least. Throw just, just throw it to him. Just throw it up. up. Yeah. Just Look throw what it up. When you did. Yep. You know, if that guy doubled the numbers he got they would have been better than Marcus Harris and better than Ryan Yarbrough mm-hmm. in this offense. Yep. What do you have, 45 catches? 44. Yeah. For 800 and some yards, he had like 20, 20 yards per catch. Yeah, and he would have finished, if everything was doubled, he would have finished with 24 touchdown catches, which would have shattered mm-hmm. the record of two of the best wide receivers in yeah. college football history yeah. in pass-happy offenses. I... It, <laughs> I would have just thrown it to him every time. Every time, <laughs> Tiller would have had every a heyday with him. <laughs> a steady, a steady dose of validity, and and then any t- any time you're in the red zone, it was going, it would be going to Nair. Yeah, no question. Yes. That was my troubles all year, Adam. Is how does a coaching staff sit and watch the game film and say, "Yeah, we're going to him way too much." <laughs> I know. Think about all the times he was overthrown early in the season. I know. How do you not? <laughs> How do you not see every time he's caught the ball, he's a foot higher than every any yeah. cornerback or yeah. anyone that's guarding him, and he's got the hands to catch it and the speed we saw we saw at Boise State that last yeah. that last catch yep. against Boise State yeah he just takes it up the sideline and dusts their entire secondary yeah. yeah I mean I don't know how you don't just continue to feed the horse how the that's, hell that's, so that's what really the difference is between the basketball and the football team is is that they would ride their running backs they really would but it was almost to a fault the basketball team has a steady dose of okay this not if the if the inside game's not working we're going to we're going to shoot the piss out of it and yeah. we're going to get it to Maldo and he can go down and isolate against a smaller guard or if if they're taking away our shot in the outside we're going to get it to Ike and he's going to ram it down your throat why can't we take that same philosophy 
and every this is almost goes back to the vegan yeah. days where it's like everyone knows what we're gonna do. Everyone knows what we're gonna do. That's why it doesn't matter these names on this paper yeah. if the no, crap doesn't change. I know. It's just that's what sucks. It's like bulls going. I know better. I know better. Just do this, do this, and it's like, yeah, that worked at North Dakota State. Yeah. It sort of it doesn't really work. Here. I've brought that up how many times? What Division One program does this offense work in? Iowa, but they have I different think, recruits. But I think we yeah, see Iowa's. Guys that, yeah. We see Iowa's ceiling every year, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sure as hell ain't anywhere in Ohio State's hemisphere. True. Who else runs this crap? Wisconsin. We see their ceiling. Yeah. They're not beating Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. They're not they're not winning those games. That's true. I can't think of yeah, anybody else I who runs either. this. Yeah, I'm trying to rack my brain here. It's I mean, that boring. None of the big none of the Big Twelve does. That's no. <laughs> Hell no. SEC has the guys to do it, but they know better. Yeah. It's bizarre to me. It, it blows my mind. It, and <laughs> I don't get it. And all we heard about is how good these tight ends were and how the tight ends are gonna be a big factor. That's your high percentage throw, isn't it? Yeah, and they only utilized them how many times? Oh, I gosh. think Nayer had eighteen, or Trayton Welch had like eighteen grabs this year. Yeah, that's just not cutting it, man. No. And I'm all for the power running game, but you set that up to throw it, don't you? Yes. Yeah. But even the power running game, okay, it's third down in nine <laughs> or third down in eight. Right. Why? All the time. Yes. All the time. Why are we running it? <laughs> Why are we running the ball? Or if they pass it, it up, if if we have it third and nine, then they would do like a five yard out, yeah, behind the sticks. And yep. now you don't have Nair to throw it to. No. Yeah, exactly. No, who's who's going to be the? I mean, I hope they pick someone up. Well, and that's that, a, so that's what we, we kind of talked about it off air, and you, you touched on it a little bit. Now we have to use the revolving door. If this is going to be the norm, there you can't you can't sit there and say. Well, we just lost this guy. We're done. It's well, obviously the big schools have guys who are recruited at big schools who are not happy. You're going to have them at every single one. Mm-hmm. How do you identify those guys, and how can you go after those guys, yep. and how can they fit into our offense? And to go a step further, how do we adjust to their athletic ability and play style? Bingo. Not we're going to do the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Bingo. You know, that- let your coaches coach and. Do what you got to do. I mean, we harp on this every single episode we've ever done. How the hell do you lose to New Mexico? You you don't. It's, yeah. it's inexcusable. Yeah. You look at all these guys that are going to UCLA and and going to Arizona State and, and Tennessee, we think. Yeah. You lost to New Mexico? Yeah. I like, mean, going through the season, I talked about this with my family and my friends, and I'm a basketball guy, but I go to every – I mean, I, I don't miss a football game. And – the games that we lost this year, to me, was a mentality thing, not a talent thing. Totally. Mm-hmm. It was almost as if – Or a scheme thing. I mean, the coaches did not have them prepared for that game for whatever the reason, whether it was the scheme or whether it was those guys were just were not ready to go. Yeah. And against the New Mexico, uh, for whatever reason, you compare it to basketball, those guys are ready to go on the road. Yeah. They come in ready to go. Even if they come in flat, they figure out a way to do it. They mm-hmm. grind it out. There was no grinding out losing to New Mexico. There was no grinding out having the opportunity to beat a good Fresno State team at home, and we didn't take advantage of it. Yeah, 
it just when your crazy. defense holds Jay Kaner to ninety six passing yards. How many? How many? It's what two, three years in a row now that we've been in the Boise game at Boise. Yeah, we still can't get it done at the end of the day. That was only a seven point de- deficit. It felt like a twenty eight point. Oh deficit. yes. Oh yeah. Oh. And I remember asking Bowl after that, like, "Hey, why? Why do you try not to get? Remember, they didn't get points there before the half. Yep. Didn't even try mm-hmm. to. I hate that. And then they come down the and get a field that. goal. I hate it. And he's like, well, it was only a three-point swing. And I'm like, a three-point swing is a 30-point swing for this road. team right yes. now. In Boise. In Boise. But for this team, yeah. three points is insurmountable. <laughs> oh. And then go on the road to Logan and completely dismantle that team and make them look stupid. Mm-hmm. But yet come home the next week and lose Hawaii. to a team that is terrible. Cowboys didn't even show up to that Hawaii yeah. game. It was just tough to watch. It but that Utah State was... game, why can't you capture that in a bottle? That mm-hmm. was the most balanced. Yes, yes. And I know the big deal of it all was that the, the Wyoming's fronts on both sides were just bigger and better than Utah State. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all there is to it. But something that's really underrated about that game was the Cowboys were able to man up and not zone that defense or on defense, they were able to man up and cover those guys because Utah State just dink, dink and dunks it all over the joint, and they rack up yards like crazy. Mm-hmm. They couldn't do that against Colton and, and her, no. who are now gone. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I was telling you, after I was reading your articles, and I'm sure I speak for a lot of Wyoming fans out there, it was a gut punch every single time it came out, and it was a tough new year. <laughs> yeah. That's a- why we needed basketball to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so all this movement, Kyle, what are the Cowboys' needs? What do they still need to get? Well, like Adam said, I think a wide receiver, and I think you hit it the nail on the head, go to a Power 5 school, go get a backup. Which they've proven they can do. They can go do that. It's just a different position, which shouldn't matter. And get a guy that has maybe some in-game experience but doesn't start and say, hey, come here, you'll – Maybe, you know, tell him that he'll be the number one guy. I don't know if they'll live up to that, but still, lie. I mean, go ahead. You can lie. I mean, tell Yeah, him. I could lie. Tell him. <laughs> yeah, tell him you're going to be our number one guy. Go get <laughs> yeah, three that, of them. That happens all the time. Go get <laughs> three of them and tell them that they're all going to be the number one guy. And they're yeah. all in the Paul Roach Scholarship, which yeah. is only given out once a decade. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, go to, go to a, a pass-happy school. Go to a TCU and get their backup. Go to their, you know, go to UCLA and get their backup that, you know. I mean, you know how these kids are nowadays where they don't play very much and all of a sudden their allegiance to the school is later. I'll go I'll go to Wyoming and play. So to add a little bit, I might even take a step back. Look inside. There is no rule that says, and we've seen this now because Nevada's coach now at CSU, yeah. there's no rule that says you can't go within conference. Yeah. yeah, go get a guy who's kicked your ass. There you go. Yeah. What yeah. you're mad at that school? Yep. You don't like that school? Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I hope we don't see that from Utah State this year. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, there's why not? Why not? Yeah. You you play you play against those teams. You know who's good, who's not. Maybe you've talked to them. Who knows? But yeah. get, just take advantage. I hope I hope that our coaches are taking advantage mm-hmm. of that. But sorry to interrupt. No, you. no, I was done. But I was I was going to add on to your deal where go to a Fresno where um, DeBoer left. Yep. Mm-hmm. Go to a Nevada where these guys. Well, Elijah Cook at Nevada. Yeah, great wide receiver. Yeah, go get him. Now or at least talk at to San him. Diego or at San Jose State, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. San Jose State sure didn't have a problem going after a Nevada kid and going and getting Cordero out of Hawaii. Yeah, go talk to these guys. Yeah. What, what's what's well, it going to hurt? You offered Rome Weber exactly. 
So I, I, I don't think there's any. You might, you need to play the game, yeah, in order to win the game. And some of these other schools have figured it out. Mm-hmm. And I hope that we are at least exploring those avenues. Utah State's coach really gets it. Oh yeah, like he offered Nair and Williams immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look what those two just did to us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come join it. We can't beat you. Come join us. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, wide receiver-wise, Joshua Cobbs, he really had some nice moments, but you can't help but think, how much did Nair have to do with that? Yeah. He's taking Opens the lid off up. the defense. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that, that probably did a lot. And I've right. interviewed Joshua Cobbs, and he said as much. So how effective is he going to be now without that threat of Nair? Uh, you also have Jalen Sargent, the kid who's ironically from Logan, Utah, who mm-hmm. the coaching staff was really high on during uh, camp last year, yep. but he, he got into a couple games but never got targeted. Uh, Caleb Merritt, kid coming in, true freshman from the St. Louis area. He's a three-star guy. He was recruited, offered by Iowa State, Kansas State, Ivy League Purdue, schools, right? ton of Ivy League schools. Uh, smart kid, interviewed him, smart kid, uh, really good football player, son of a coach. They see him as a slot guy. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Gunnar Gentry is also coming back. You think maybe he might step into the leadership role of an Aiden Eberhart that he left behind. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he'll be the same kind of player Eberhart was, uh, but because Gunnar seemed to be more of the long game kind of guy mm-hmm. um, in the in the few things we've you know the few games we've seen. Um, so the wide receiver position is very much a question mark. Mm-hmm. But like we've talked about, it's very much a question mark. How important they're going to be to the overall scheme of things anyway. Mm-hmm. What we do know is Titus Swin's coming back. Uh, but <laughs> the Cowboys, not only, they didn't lose these guys to the transfer portal, but Keegan Kreider's gone. Rudy Stouffer's gone. Alonzo, Alonzo Velasquez and Logan Harris both graduated. Erica Boje, I don't know if he's coming back or not. All we know right now is Frank Crum is the lone returning offensive lineman for certain. For um, a offensive line that was touted as yep. the the uh, one of the best in the country and, like, and they the Dallas been. Cowboys get yeah. <laughs> get uh, that label every single year but honestly I from from an outsider looking in who doesn't really watch the offensive line a whole lot they did not perform in my opinion this year they just it didn't. was bizarre yeah it was one of the more weird. bizarre things this year of many 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 it, bizarre things there wasn't any question marks like we'd no. seen them all yeah. as a unit play together 145 yeah. combined starts coming into the season yeah so it was like the one – it was the one certainty. Yep. I thought, Total certainty. Yep. And running back. And running which back. Which those two work in unison. Yeah, exactly. And I think we talked about it before the year. Not only do the starters have a ton of playing time, so did their backups. Because mm-hmm. we – Cody, you and I talked about it before the season. We said their backups on the offensive line would start a lot of places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, don't I don't get understand. it. I don't get it. I, I don't either. either. I don't get it, and I actually had a conversation with Bart Miller, the offensive line coach last year who's now at Illinois. Uh, he didn't really get it either, to be honest. And he said, you know, obviously I have my own worries now, yeah. but the times I did get to watch Wyoming, I love those guys, and I just I, I didn't, didn't. didn't understand why they weren't better. Yeah. So, And he wasn't knocking Derek Frazier, and, and that's where I thought the Cowboys were really going to be good. Derek Frazier's an NFL offensive line coach. Plus, Tim Polisek was the offensive line coach at Iowa the last yep, four years. Yep. The mecca of offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. So you basically have two O-line coaches up your ass, a ton of veteran leadership, a ton of experience. It was what? a, it, you know, and but it goes back to your point as well that there's nine guys in the box. There's five guys that block. 
Because you're not scaring them with anything else, yeah. even though you have Isaiah Nair, who's terrifying. Yep. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Well, I mean, I hope with a year under that coach now, he's out actively looking for guys yeah. that fit his sure his scheme, the way he likes to coach, whatever. Someone well, brought this up to me too, fellas, because it's, it's easy to put a finger on it and say, this is why everybody left. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got their reasonings, of course, mm-hmm. but... How about all the turnover Craig Bowles had within his staff? Mm-hmm. How important is that? I mean, as a former player, what if the assistant coach is the guy who got you? Say you went to Memphis, and the assistant coach is the guy who brought you there, and then he leaves. I think usually the guy who recruits you is the guy you're going to be dealing with the most. So if that coach leaves, I mean, obviously that's it's different. There's no question. It is different. You're learning from someone else. I've been. I was fortunate enough to keep the same. You know, the coach Vanver recruited me, and I he was able to coach me. Yeah. But I, you know, you it's an adjustment. It is no question. You and wonder how much that has to do with it, stuff. It might. It definitely might. And they've gone through defensive coordinators like underwear because they've been so good. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're losing guys left and right. Mm-hmm. They lost a uh, Willie May Gar or Willie Matt Garza to a DUI uh, yeah. secondary coach a couple years ago. Yeah. They lost three coaches to Washington State. They lost Vegan, and but, don't get it twisted; these guys liked Vegan. Oh, a yeah, lot of them yeah. really liked Vegan. Yeah. That being said, if you are a coach and you have you come into that situation and you have what you have, and I I compare this to Shiat when he came in, not guys that he recruited. But he made the best of what he had. Sure. If you can adjust a little bit as a coach, and I don't know about football, I don't know how that dynamic works, but if you can just adjust to what you've got and get the best out of those guys that fit your scheme or don't fit your scheme, I mean, that to me is is more important than this isn't going to work and I'm just – I need to get through these guys and I'll recruit my own, you know, yeah. that, that type of mentality. I mean, I wouldn't I imagine you'd but, climb the ladder all the way to the NFL if you don't adapt. That's true. You know what I yeah. mean? You would think that's the case. But yeah. I can't help but wonder how much that turnover has also caused a little bit of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, because there has been. And yeah. I think it's been kind of under – not underreported, but underthought about maybe yeah. about how many guys have left. Yeah. Because they're leaving for bigger jobs. Yeah. Or they're leaving for their first head job like Vegan, and of course nobody was sad. Not many were sad to see that happen, but we didn't play for them. Right. So that could be a totally different mentality. But then you look at, off of that point, these now with the NIL, assistant who recruits you, um, you know, with the transfer portal, they might be able to. They might leave with the coach if he's taking a job at Washington State. Well, Blake Anderson just did that with Utah State. Yeah, bringing Logan Bonner with him. Exactly. So I saw a tweet earlier today or something from someone that that talked about Ohio State or one of those big schools. Um, and I'm sorry, I can't remember exactly who put it out there, but they have a coach for the quarterbacks. They have a coach for the running backs. They have a coach for who makes passing decisions. They have a, they have all of these coaches who get paid big time. Yeah. Alabama has that. And that Analysts. is yes. Yep. And that is something that Wyoming just cannot compete at. So uh, until honestly until that can happen, we will probably see coaches just like we talked about earlier with players. It's a revolving door sometimes. Yeah. And if you can find a guy, maybe Sonny Wicks, who knows, who just flat out 
has loyalty or wants to be here, wants to stay here, then, you know, you'll get someone who doesn't want to get their foot out of the door right away. Mm -hmm. But we've also talked about the benefits of that. Like, look what Urban Meyer did at Utah. Yeah. That's true. Not to mention they had the golden horseshoe up their ass with the Olympics in town that gave them all kinds of money to upgrade their facilities. (laughs) Yeah, it must be nice. Yeah, Yeah. so they they totally hit the jackpot to have Urban come in and do what he did and then leave it in the hands of Kyle Whittingham, BYU alum, Mm. who wants to stay at Utah for 20 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because people have this misconception that Utah was some dominant force. They weren't. No. They're a middle-of-the-pack whack team is what they were for Mm -hmm. a lot of years. Yeah. So they really hit well the well the going was good, but Wyoming was doing it too. The problem at Wyoming was when you were losing coaches that quickly, like Pat Dye being here for a year. That's brutal. Yep. Fred Akers for two years. Coach I mean, Erickson. You know, yeah, Erickson for a year. Mm-hmm. That's hard. Yeah. If you get really good coaches coming in for three, four years and leaving, that's a pretty good situation, right. honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really is. And I think you know, we're going to get into that down the line here when Craig Ball leaves, when he eventually retires or what what have you. Is it more beneficial to get that guy? Because I feel like Dave Christensen could have been that guy who came here for four years, dominated, and, and then hit the road. And thank you. Yeah. Thank you for your service. Next. Yeah. Because like we said, maybe it's not a good thing to have a coach for nine years. Very well could be. Because yeah. yeah. it, it screams complacency. And I'm not saying Craig Ball's complacent. But I'm saying that he is the king of the effing mountain, and that's all there is to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's his way or the highway. Comparatively yeah. to what we've had yeah. in the last 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think going back to a little bit of the needs here, I think the Cowboys really need – they need a dominant edge rusher, in my opinion. Um, they're losing Garrett Crawl, really good football player. Mm-hmm. Victor Jones, really good football player. They need – that is so imperative in college football, isn't it? To be yeah. in the quarterback's face and be in the quarterback's lap on every other snap is at just every so level. invaluable. At every oh, level. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if the Cowboys have it. that. I mean, Jalen Pate, we just haven't seen it enough. Yeah. You know, Jalen Pate's coming back, of course. We think Solomon Bird's coming back. But are those the guys that can consistently get to the get to the quarterback, which we saw how dominant at Utah State. Mm-hmm. They put Bonner on his ass all night long. And I think it matters, too, to have depth at that position, too. Fresh. Fresh. Yes. Just keep rotating fresh legs. I mean, because these offensive linemen are in the game the entire game. Mm-hmm. So you can really wear those guys out if you've got, you know, a good depth at that position, really. Yeah. And I think they're good at linebacker. Cole DeMarzo, I really like that pickup. I do, You know, too. kid out of South Carolina. He's yeah. a really good athlete in general. Could even play safety. That's the kind of speed he's got. What do you know about the guy out of Michigan State? That's him. DeMarzo. No, that's him. Yeah, yeah. South Carolina. Yep. So he's uh, – I, I think he's good. I think he's a guy who's probably going to play on the outside. I'd imagine they're going to shift Easton Gibbs to the middle and replace uh, Chad Muma. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be fine at linebacker. I really do. Yeah. they got some nice pieces behind, too. Sam Scott's another nice guy that they're really excited about. Uh, you know, the whole secondary is gone. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. they're starting over. Aside from Miles Williams, they don't have anybody back there. But the corners they're bringing in, a kid from Ole Miss and a kid from Wisconsin – we know that the you know they don't have a ton of playing time. I, I believe uh, Harrell at Wisconsin played 22 games. Uh, Hawkins, I think something around that as well. Yeah. Um, but Hawkins ran like 23 miles per hour during a game one year or last year. I'll take that. That's um stupid. Yep. 
That's like fastest in the SEC, yeah. a.k.a. fastest in college football. <laughs> so that makes up for a lot of ills. I mean, he was that fast. Um, yeah, Hawkins was coming out of high school. He was the number two cornerback in, in Alabama. Alabama. He was um, recruited by Bama, Notre Dame, Florida, Florida State. I mean, yep. cream of the crop here. Yeah. You know, he just he get lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ole Miss has an embarrassment of riches, just like most SEC teams. Yeah. So you like that those two, and, and from what I've heard from a source, those two are, are could be an upgrade. Yeah. At the corner, which is saying a lot. Because yeah. Golden and Hearn were steady Solid. as they get. Yep. And those dudes, you think about that, their health was so important. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. One of those dudes goes down, uh-oh. So, yeah, I was holding my breath all year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Colton's had an injury history. Yeah. But he's not going to Oklahoma on accident, folks. No. He's got talent. Yep. And Azizi Hearn's not going to UCLA on accident. They're he didn't go them. to Arizona on accident. Yeah, they're going to use them. Yeah, they're going to be – they're they're really good players. And I've seen people on Twitter and they're the know-it-all garbage saying, oh, I saw them getting burned all year. No, you didn't. Mm-hmm. You didn't they watch. were the fifth-ranked <laughs> secondary in the nation yeah, last yeah. year. So <laughs> You didn't watch the games. So Braden Smith's gone. Sias Gandy's gone. Rome Weber's gone. They really like Urban. They really think he's going to be a good player. Um, I like that. So him stepping in, he was number one on their board when it came to recruiting. Source tells me that Air Force was the only school he was able to visit before the pandemic hit, and they also allowed him to play quarterback. But from what I read, it didn't matter if he played quarterback or not. That was not a deal breaker. But he did get to go see the academy, which is beautiful and all that stuff. Until you get there and realize you have to get yeah, up at gotta, 5 in the yeah, morning. Yeah, it doesn't sound like oh, fun at all. Wouldn't that be no. the worst college experience? No. no. BYU and Air Force would be like the worst college experience of all time. And CSU. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so safety, there's going to have to be a youngster back there too. Somebody young is going to have to step mm-hmm. up back there too. But mm-hmm. you know what? A dominant edge rusher makes up for a lot of ills as far as that goes as well. Absolutely. So... I don't know. Offensively, I think uh, the offensive line, of course, is going to be young. They're going to be new. Frank Crum will be the anchor if Eric Aboje is not back. Tight ends, I think, are good. Running backs, Titus Swin tells me he is coming back. That is big news for the Cowboys. I think Dwayne McNeely is a really good running back as well. I've been told to watch for Jordan Vaughn, true freshman out of Houston, who is an absolute monster. I believe he's 6'2", 230. Uh, it's a big boy. So... Looking forward to him. L.J. Richardson, one of their true freshmen, the incoming guys from Nebraska, too, was one of their best running backs. I believe he rushed for – this sounds insane, and I might be wrong, but I think he rushed for nearly 4,000 yards this year in in high school. What's his name? L.J. Richardson out of Nebraska. That might have been been career. Maybe he rushed for 2,000. I can't remember, but – Either way, it was over two thousand guaranteed. Big Red's not looking at him. <laughs> I think they a lot of them looked at him, but <laughs> old Big Red. Uh. <laughs> so I don't know, guys. It's going to be interesting to see how this shakes up. It, to be honest with you, I don't know if there's a timetable on uh, on this whole thing as far as bringing guys in. I mean, semester started today. That's what I'm confused about. When they have to decide, by. I don't know, because then you're. I don't know. There's still like 2,000 guys in the portal. Yeah. that's So that's the other question is, how many guys are going to get left out in the cold? Oh, and it's really screwing junior college. Yep. Oh, yeah. So I, it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out with in the grand scheme of things, but 
basketball too. We'll see what happens in March and April and how it just what it's going to do to the sport. And <clears throat> are you shocked, Adam, at all that this team, this basketball team, is better without Marcus Williams? A little. I mean, we knew Maldo what he brought to the table, and Ek came in and shined immediately. But when you look at immediately what Jeffries has brought to the table, what the some freshmen have brought to the table, our size. I mean, I was I was blown away by the comment the guys were talking about last night about Nevada and Wyoming being two of the tallest teams in the country. When you watch them on TV, mm-hmm. don't seem that doesn't way. Does no, it? doesn't look because then way. you watch a Duke Michigan State game yeah. and they're like these guys are tiny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they look tiny. Yeah, they look Arizona. tiny. Yes, mm-hmm. they look tiny. That was that was incredible. That was a weird stat. Yeah. I, I kind of scratched my head when I saw that yeah. stat because the Cowboys were in the top ten, right? Yeah. Like eighth tallest? In that, I, I don't mean, buy that. I don't buy that Hunter Maldonado's 6'7". I don't either. Yeah. They were saying he's 6'7", and then they were saying EK's undersized uh, as a forward at 6'9". You're yeah. like, what? Yeah. I don't think he's 6'9". I think he's easily 6'10", 11". What's it say on the stats? 6'9". 6'9". But that's undersized. He doesn't now? play like it, Six obviously. Is but I mean, like I, he would probably have to play at three at the next level, though, right? Ek. Yeah. I mean, as six, he plays like a. I mean, he, he plays, plays like center. a traditional big man. Does it right. matter that your wingspan's? But then that's the that helps. That, that's the thing. You that got helps. guys on. You got guys at the big schools that are six nine, and they're bringing the ball up the court, and they're shooting mm-hmm. threes. Exactly. So Gordon Hayward is six nine. Yes. That yeah. could be Hunter Thompson. Yeah, no question. I mean, that's kind of what yeah. I think they wanted Hunter Thompson to be. Yeah. So I I think it's a good – I think it's a combination of good recruiting and Coach Linder's getting the best out of his guys, and it is next man up mentality. I don't doubt that the guys that he has sitting on the bench are would be able to come in and at least guard guys, and that's – me personally, that's what I want to see as a Wyoming fan. I want in-your-nose defense, and that in-the-nose defense is what is – not translating to offense, but it keeps them in games to where they can come down the court. And last night, I don't know if it was the change of of kind of game plan or what, but it has been that, okay, we're just going to isolate Maldo and we're going to isolate EK and see what they can do, and we'll get it out from there. And th- that can be testing or trying to other guys on the team sometimes because they're not maybe not getting the touches, but – when they eat, seems like everyone else is going to eat too. So. It seems like the basketball team, they're not looking for excuses. You know, they're not like, it's almost like the football team. It's like, oh, well, you know, we're down this guy. You know, we're kind of expected to lose mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like the opposite for the basketball team. Yeah. We, you know, Foster and Ducell are out tonight. Well, those, they play really good defense on guards. These guys have good guard play and they just like don't feed into it no nope. just like make it happen maldo's having a terrible game well i wrote that so in my story after up. utah state was wyoming had every excuse in the book to lose this mm-hmm. game yep. and they did i think we were all kind of like what is what are we going to see tonight yeah but i How, think their inside out game really combats rust it does it I think does that was and a really I, big deal last night their game plan i saw was to really hedge out that screen and play it high way higher than that what they were doing at utah state and i don't know the reason why coach does but they were able to rotate and they rotated really well and that is they didn't let anything maldo didn't let anything 
what was happening on the offensive side of the court affect the other side. That's huge. It is. It's. I'm really excited. I think, man, I don't know. I know we're jumping all over the place, football and basketball. But <laughs> but it's mostly good news. It is. No, it's, it is. It's, ex, it's exciting. I, I, I think, like I said, the, the road that we have schedule-wise is set up really nice for us. And I hope come tournament time we get a great seed that can allow us to make a run. And we're going to have some – don't let the last two games jade you, though. We have we are in a good conference. Absolutely. And San Diego State is no joke when <laughs> CSU goes to San Diego State and gets blitzed by 30. So I, I, I'm i anxious to see how we stack up because the, the big test is going to be against those big three, Boise, San Diego State, and CSU. Can you guys imagine what that Graham E.K. David Roddy matchup is going to be like? Oh, I've been I, fiending for that I for can't a while. wait either. That's yeah. just like that Utah State game. I can't wait to see the follow-up to that because those guys seem to – it almost like it sparked kind of an inner rivalry between the two teams. Like they were yeah. really going at each other. The coach – was off as rocker. Yeah. I mean, holy! I cow, wish the announcers would have told us what the hell was I going don't, on. I don't. I know. Me too. There, I couldn't figure it out. But and I was looking <laughs> on Twitter to see did anyone say anything or whatever. But yeah. I cannot wait for that Roddy matchup against EK. It's and, gonna be good. Oh, it's gonna be a fun one. Yes. Well, let's end it on this. Uh, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills heading to Kansas City this Sunday. They beat the Chiefs. I think they do. I mean, they proved it earlier this year. I hate the Chiefs probably at this point more than any other team. Oh, just man. from I my Broncos have. fandom, yeah. And now the Bills, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I'm sick of them. So I think <laughs> they take care of it. Aren't they the Chiefs? Uh, uh, I'm with you. I'm a Broncos fan. I always hated the Chiefs even more than the Raiders because yep. the Raiders weren't good. They weren't no. good for so long. Yeah. No. Chiefs were always that 13 and three team that would lose in the first round of the playoffs, yeah. which I loved so much. I didn't even know if I wanted to live in a world where the Chiefs won a Super Bowl. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, but they are just hateable. Oh, they are. I, can't, I hate Patrick Mahomes. I really hate his, his brother. brother. Oh, <laughs> I oh my God. that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely he disassociate with him. He re- I can't believe – I can't believe – Patrick lets him and his wife and his yeah. mom. Oh yeah! Oh, I, I would have been like, "Don't say anything." Don't I would have been like Aaron Rodgers, and I would never talk to my family. I know. Oh again. yeah! I can't believe like his like Patrick's agents don't like butt in. Yeah, oh yeah. Say, hey, you're kind of hurting, hurting his your own image, image here. Yeah. Oh, guy's <laughs> brutal, and he threw water on some fans in Baltimore oh, this yeah. year. And yeah. he put out a tweet before the Denver game, and it, I have this really bad problem. I don't. I hope somebody else out there shares this with me. I like watching stuff and looking the at stuff that irritates pisses me you. off. Oh, I do the same thing. <laughs> so I'll like watch BYU TV for like 10 minutes and just be fuming <laughs> pissed and I got to turn it off. Oh, yeah. And it's the same way with Jackson Mahomes' Twitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hate this guy. I have oh, no yeah. problem using the word hate. I hate this guy. But I look at his Twitter and he's like, I forgot how miserable it is flying commercial. And I'm like, Dah! Oh, yeah. I'm going to strangle you. Yeah, so that does not help with my Chiefs hate. No, no. and his wife sucks, and oh, his yeah. mom sucks. Uh-huh. I, I, oh, I don't know how he But he's likable is the problem. Yeah, well, I mean, he doesn't really – he's not really like that. No, no like, he's not. He's not like his the people around uh-uh. him. He but they're his... screwing it up for him. Yeah. <laughs> Travis Kelsey's hateable. Yeah. Tyree Kill's hateable. Mm-hmm. I hate that team. Andy Reid went to BYU. Yeah. Enough said. <laughs> I hate that team. That's enough right there. I cannot and stand I hate, them. I hate their uh, their tomahawk chants. Oh, yeah. Florida State and the Everything Braves do them. too. Yeah. 
I don't the God. the Super Bowl has kind of made them unlikable. Yeah, mm-hmm. they've. I mean, it's almost like the, if the Bills were to win it, people would like fall in love with oh, the Bills totally. Mm-hmm. totally because of their their likable team. But it has ruined. <laughs> <Kansas City teams. laughs> oh, yeah. I'm kicking around the idea, fellas, of actually going to the game in Kansas City on Sunday. Been looking at tickets. Been talking to Bills Elvis. Yeah. He sent me his, I said, did you find any tickets that are, you know, not completely stupid? Mm-hmm. He sends me his receipt for the tickets he just bought. Two tickets, 770 bucks. Oh, really? For A like piece? section 128 total. Total. Section 128, like row 10. And I'm like, dude. It's probably on par, though. No, though. I mean... Could be a good game. I would love. Well, and Jeff Boyle, could, former Cowboys, said I could stay with him. Brent oh, McFall's yeah. trying to find me oh, some yeah. tickets right yep. now. So I'm trying to utilize my Kansas City resources because I'd really like to go to that game. Mm-hmm. After like, going to that fun. Bills game in Buffalo earlier this year, dude, they're, I'm not a Bills. I'm always going to be a Broncos yeah. fan. I'm a pissed off Broncos fan, but I'm always going to be one. Yep. But damn, they're likable. Oh, and yeah. the fact that I'm the, a Sabres mm-hmm. fan just kind of makes the transition like. The Bills are everyone's. Second favorite team to root for. Yeah, I mean, they, I've I, my me and my family have all followed are now following the Bills game every Isn't Sunday. Weird, my mother in law, sister in law, there, and you're and Bears my, fans, right? I'm a huge Bears fan, yeah. and that's tough to be a fan of right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> so it's nice to be able to look forward to Sunday when you can <laughs> watch the Bills, and it's kind of perfect because they're in the AFC. Exactly. Don't have to worry about exactly. Them. Hey, a Bears uh, a Bears Bills Super Bowl would be kind of cool. <laughs> I mean, I'd definitely root for the Bears, but I like how social media has brought up that picture of Stephon Diggs sitting there. Watching, watching the celebration, the celebration mm-hmm. last year, yeah. and that's going to come I full hope, circle. Honestly, I hope the Bills come in and completely I hope annihilate. Them. I hope, and it's not them. even a game. I have a feeling it's going to be one of those like games for the ages. I hope. I hope like shootout, crazy. Something and I hope. Nuts. I hope Josh in overtime. Same picture reaches across the goal line, supermaned out for the win. Like yeah. you did against Northern Illinois? Yes. Yeah. At 2 o'clock and 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> then we go to the buck. <laughs> Keep that place That open. would be sweet. Yeah. Man, know, he's good, dude. Five touchdowns, four incompletions. I know. I heard um, Peter Schrager say on Good Morning Football the other day that that's the best football game he's ever seen in a playoff performance. In minus six degree weather. Mm -hmm. Yep, and he mentioned that too. And Josh has not played very well in cold Cold. weather games when it's super cold out. So I'm uh, that was cool to see. The kicker couldn't even figure it out. (laughs) That's how cold it was. (laughs) That was the only thing not perfect for the Bills. Yeah, I don't know, man. The Chiefs were equally as impressive though in a lot of ways. They started toying with them towards the end. It was. But, they have the experience. Uh, I mean, too. the Steelers aren't good either. Let's no, no. They shouldn't even have been in the. But playoffs. the Chiefs have not been that solid team that you knew what was. You know, last year you knew when the Chiefs stepped on the field, it was going to be a, a spanking. Yeah. yeah, you know that's true. And I, I don't know. I feel really guilty. I'm not a fair weather fan at all, like under any circumstances. But <laughs> I am so down on the Denver Broncos right now. Could I've get a new owner here pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, thank God, because I think that's a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I bet you, Kyle, I watched three full Denver games. You even offered me free tickets to a game this year. <laughs> yeah, I offered and to I take go. you to a game. I got season tickets. I can't uh, give these things away now. <laughs> but could you imagine when Peyton was here, I bet you could have sold those for a grand. Oh, yeah, I, I think I sold um, – it wasn't it wasn't an AFC Championship game because I went to both of those when Peyton was there. But I think I sold – I sold a Packers-Broncos – my mom sold a Packers-Broncos seats or other seats for like – 
eight hundred dollars wow. in like two thousand fifteen when they were both like seven and zero. Eight hundred bucks a piece. Jesus. Yeah. So we're not used to this, Broncos no. fans. No, and, and it also, living in Michigan really opened my eyes because my now good friends from there are hardcore Lions, Lions fans, Lions. and you really got to keep things in perspective. Yeah, and that's true. When Dan Reeves died, they really put it in perspective that, it, you know, the Broncos have been in eight Super Bowls uh-huh. out of, what, 56 of them? Yeah. Hmm, must be nice. <laughs> Bears are holding on to 85. Well, and a yeah, BYU forever. guy took you to one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to like Jim McMahon so much. <laughs> He was probably the most likable oh, of yeah. all BYU players. Guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Going to his introductory press conference with a chew in his mouth and a Budweiser <laughs> in a limo. Yeah. Ugh, I what did, how him. how did he survive in Provo? They he was they had to have turned a blind eye. Oh, yeah. they had to that code of conduct that he. It's okay. <laughs> he didn't they they it. shoved that under the rug. He broke oh, it yeah. with the chew in the Budweiser. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And you he would have broken wasn't his it first with, chew in his first Budweiser. He would have nah. broken it with a coffee. <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> back then. <Yeah. laughs> well, it's going to be fun. I'm excited to see uh, if Josh can do it because can you imagine what Super Bowl Sunday would be like around here if the no, Bills are in the Super Bowl? Be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. It'd be awesome. Especially, I think it's in SoFi in LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe, I've heard that stadium is kind of a homecoming so awesome. for him a little bit. Yeah. yeah. California yeah. kid going home. Yeah. That would storyline. Yeah. That'd be so sweet, man. Just to have a have a dog in the Super Bowl, have mm-hmm. a have a dog in the race. Oh, that'd yeah. be so nice. I don't know mm-hmm. what that's like. Well, I do know what that's like. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know how Devin Hester returns it for the opening kickoff, and I think we're going to win a Super Bowl and <laughs> Peyton. Peyton Manning. Yeah. Peyton so. Manning. <laughs> so what? Trying to think uh, what other teams are in, what other Cowboys are still in this thing. Mark Nazacha, who had a huge penalty in mm-hmm. that game against the Cowboys. Got bailed out. Got bailed out, but he had a huge one, so yeah. he's still in it. Tyler Hall is a reserve for the Rams. They're still in it. Logan Wilson. Logan Wilson yep. and Cincy. Yep. What about what? a Bengals-Bills AFC championship Oh, Bengals-Bills AFC title in Buffalo. That'd be fun. I might have to go to that one or oh, think about that. That would be... be That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, well, that'd be sweet. Oh, awesome. Let's just get one Wyoming guy in the Super Bowl. <laughs> no yeah. kidding. That'd be awesome, and to have it be Josh. And yeah. It, can you imagine, like, as a Sabers fan, to know just that much what that city's going through? Oh yeah. Because the Sabers have never done it either. Mm-hmm. Holy. Oh, I. I <laughs> the the every time they win the big wins when they're waiting at the airport yeah. i can't imagine oh. what it would be like i Dude, can't imagine burn oh the yeah there would literally be a statue it might even be josh allen stadium i mean <laughs> jim <laughs> kelly is so revered oh yeah. yeah and he hated buffalo before he went there yeah. Yeah. hated it and made like, no re- bones about it refused to go there refused to play there yeah yeah jo- and he is beloved josh has done everything right yeah yeah Oh, my God, dude. It'd be so good. It, selfishly, I want the Sabres to win before the Bills, but that's <laughs> not going to happen, so I guess we'll give this one up. <laughs> I mean, we're all living in a world where the Chiefs have won the Super Bowl, so I guess we can get over anything at this God. point. Right? <laughs> all right, guys. Fun show. Thanks yeah, for joining us, Of Adam. course. Thank appreciate you guys it, for man. having me. I appreciate yeah. it. Anytime. Talk some hoops. Yep. Good yep. to talk hoops. Good to, good to have winning hoops back in Wyoming. Yeah, feels good. It's good to care again. For Hopefully sure. we see a, a huge crowd in Laramie tomorrow night. Snow is coming, of course. Wouldn't you know it? You're checking the weather. Yep. We'll give one last weather report mm-hmm. here before we sign off. Yeah, I think I saw a 40% chance of snow last. Nothing we haven't done before. <laughs> 40%? That's, that's nothing. nothing. You're heading over, aren't you? I might be. Yeah. I think well, so. you have a wife that's due. Yeah, convincing her can be. 
<laughs> no, actually, she's a, she's a big basketball fan, so she likes going over for the games. Her, I took my her wife. birthday's coming up soon. We're going to go to the Boise game, I think. There you go. So I took my wife to a game. Well, I, I can't even remember who they played, but I guess it would have been December 11th or November 11th because her water broke after the game yeah. and uh, <laughs> had a baby the next day. When Wyoming was playing at Boise State, I was about three hours from getting on a plane to Boise when she was like, I think my water broke. Baptized in brown and gold. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't a good luck charm that night. Yeah, it's supposed to be cloudy at like five tomorrow. Cloudy, six mile an hour winds, 19% chance of precipitation. That's traveling weather in Wyoming. That's how I prefer it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So no excuses. No excuses. Get there. I know a lot of people were upset that went to the Boise State game that got canceled five minutes before tip, but uh, don't let that deter you. This team is good. They're fun. Jeff Lender said it last night. If I was told if they win, they will come. They're holding up to their end of the bargain. So School's back, too. And school is back. So let's Would like to see the students. Especially with the student section right on top of the visitor's bench now. Yeah. Do you imagine that in 2002? No. Oh, my God. Everyone else was doing it. I know. Everyone else is doing it. I don't know why we don't do that in football. I know. For real. I don't get that. Hopefully, when they redo the others, they should just switch them. I know. Hopefully, when they redo the others, they're going to try and redo that west side. Hopefully, they... Put the team there. Yep. Yeah. Put the kids right. Makes in. sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Kyle, Adam, thank you guys so Thanks much guys. for joining Thanks us. Guys. And uh, we'll see you next week.